Welcome to Discovering Spirit Within. This is Reverend Deborah Phillips coming to you from Spiritual Life Center in Sacramento, California. My topic today uses a phrase that for some silly reason I just absolutely love, which is, wait, what? I really love it when I get to use terms like that in what I consider a more spiritual context. So let's get to it. I've been thinking about a couple of conversations I had recently and how much they kind of were rattling around in my brain and and I wanted to, I don't know, I didn't know what to do with them. So here are the examples and then I'll, I'll talk about why they bugged me so much. Just a few days ago, I was at the hairdresser and it's a new hairdresser and she was telling me that I absolutely should not wash my hair every single day. And I told her I've been doing it for like 100 years and I'm not going to stop. And she all but yelled at me in a, in a kind way. A couple days later, I was in a store looking at shampoo and I asked the clerk there if there was one shampoo that other, that other people liked, you know, what was their bestseller or whatever. And we talked about it a little bit. And I mentioned to her that my hairdresser had said, don't wash your hair every day. And this woman kind of went into it too. And she said, you shouldn't do that. But then she went into more detail and she said, I just rinse my hair off uh, a few times a week. And I only use shampoo on it once or twice a week. And I went, oh, And it occurred to me that when someone said, don't wash your hair every day, I just assumed it meant I couldn't get it wet, that I should just leave it. And it's like, but it gets all scrunched up when I sleep on it. So how is that going to work? And they didn't explain that, well, it's okay to get it wet. You just don't want to use soap on it all the time. And of course, whether I'm going to follow that rule or not is is a whole other thing. But I was like, wow, I didn't really have enough information there. And the person who was talking to me Um, I'm sure they felt like they were telling me everything that they wanted me to know. And then there was something else that happened last year, actually, is my husband slipped in the garage and he fell and uh, I had a compression fracture in one of his vertebrae. Now, this was serious. He was in the hospital for several days. He was in a convalescent home for um, a couple of weeks. It uh, It wasn't a minor thing at all, yet... A conversation I had made me look at it very differently. I was uh, somewhere and people were talking and they were asking me how my husband was and I said he was okay. And the woman said, but he broke his back. He broke his back. And as she was talking, the picture I had in my head was when you say you broke your back, my brain always goes to you broke all of the vertebrae. You broke your entire back. Now, I can't say that breaking one vertebrae is not serious. It is. Um, there's a lot, of, a lot of complications to that, a lot of pain. But the idea of breaking your entire back as opposed to one vertebrae just does something different in your mind and in your emotions. For example, if I wanted to, if I was going to pray for someone who was to to have them heal from, say, something going on with their back, thinking about healing an entire back as opposed to one vertebrae, there's a whole different energy there. Think about that. Okay, I can focus on the one vertebrae. I can see energy and light and love going into that vertebrae and healing it and healing the nerves around it. If I have to be thinking about the entire back, first of all, I don't know if I can even get past the drama into seeing that this entire back is repaired. Now, yes, one vertebrae broken will will affect the entire back, but the 
it, it's just a way of looking at things. And I hope, I'm hoping I'm making some sense here. Because it's like the person said, you can't ever wash your hair except once a week. I went with, I can't even get it wet. My husband broke one vertebrae. Oh, he broke his entire back. You know, we make these huge leaps. And part of it is because we're, we're built to build story. And part of it is, is the way we communicate with each other. I don't know how many times you had something that you said something that came out kind of screwy. And then you say, well, you know what I meant. Well, maybe, maybe I did and maybe I didn't know what you meant because I don't know what's going on in your mind. And I do this. I've heard other people do this. They sit there and they explain something and they, they give this explanation that makes perfect sense to them, but they don't give the backstory or they don't give enough detail because they already know what they're talking about. So they're assuming that you know what they're talking about. So they just give you the top level information or the top level answer. And so you walk away with a little bit of information and then you have to write your own story around it because they didn't tell you everything. Now, I'm also not saying we have to go into excruciating detail, but the conversation about the shampoo, you know, it's like, it's like well, you know, because I told the hairdresser, I said, my hair gets all scrunchy. I've got to do something. She didn't tell me, well, just, you know, get in the shower and rinse it off, put on some conditioner. She didn't tell me that. She just said, don't wash your hair. Well, to me, that meant never, never getting it wet and never putting shampoo on it. So, <laughs> or actually it just meant never, never getting it wet because that's what I did with that. So um, when you think about all of the different ways that we, we misinterpret, we miss, in some ways we're kind of misinforming people when we don't give enough. It's like, you know, I, I said this and then, well, but you know what I'm thinking. I don't know what you're thinking. You don't know what I'm thinking. This has made me start paying more attention to what I am, what I'm hearing, what I think I'm hearing, and what I'm saying, and what I think I'm saying. Because I might think that I'm explaining something very clearly to a person, and they might be going over there going, uh-huh, 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 all right, and then go off and do something partially or in, in a different direction because I maybe left out something. We didn't have, I think it, it I I'm figuring this out as I talk, as you can tell, but I, I think it's a matter of, I don't know if we always ask enough questions. When someone makes a flat statement to us, um, especially if it's a stranger or something, we don't want to argue with them necessarily. Yes, there's argumentative people, but that's not my point here. Is that we just go, okay, and then we go off with that information and do what we do with it. And a lot of times it's either a complete misunderstanding or it's enough of a misunderstanding that you're walking around with an idea that doesn't necessarily work for you. Our words are important. You know, we, I, I, I can't say this enough uh, and enough times is that our words are very important. What we say is very important. How we say them, sometimes you can say some pretty um, difficult things, but it's the way you do it and how it comes across. But assuming that people know what you mean is a disservice to yourself and of course the other person, but you're doing yourself a disservice when you um, only just throw out enough and just assume that the person knows what you mean. I know that I do this when I'm talking about spiritual uh, things sometimes because I have been doing this for so long that it's just part of me. And I just, 
I unconsciously make assumptions that the other person is knowing what I'm talking about. And then fortunately, people that I'm talking to know me well enough that they, they usually will come back and ask more questions because they don't have the foundation that I have. And I love that they do that because then it makes me more conscious of what I'm doing. And it also, every time I'm teaching someone, I learn something more and I look at whatever it is we're talking about in a different way. We know what we mean, but do we say what we mean? Maybe that's the big question is we know what we mean, but are we saying it? Are we making ourselves clear? And are we checking with the other person to see if we've been clear or to see how they're hearing what we're saying so that we can be all on the same page? I sometimes wonder if this is partly why we are so divided in this country and and I don't even want to get into that. But saying what you mean, making sure that the person knows what you mean, and not just making assumptions, is probably one of the highest spiritual things you can do. Because again, our words are everything. Our words, our words create our reality. The words I say about any situation will pretty much determine my mood and my attitude towards it. If I walk into the kitchen and see dirty dishes there and go, oh man, I have to do the dishes, uh, and I drag over there and I wander through it. If I say to myself, okay, I can put the dishes in the dishwasher and it'll be done and the, and the counter will be clean, I just go do it and I feel good about it. What we say, how we say it, again, are very, very important. But this this part that just really stuck with me is the idea that um, I tell you something like, you know, the, 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 my husband broke a vertebrae and then you running off saying her husband broke his back, her husband broke his back. To me, those are two, two completely different messages. One is saying there's an injury and it's something that we can focus on and work with. The other one is saying disaster, disaster, disaster. And of course, we don't want to go around affirming disaster, which is why we think about what we say, well, which is why we recommend thinking about what we say before we say it. While we think about what the implications are of what we say and how we say it. You know, there's a lot of times, I mean, I can be pretty flip sometimes. And I've made a couple of comments about uh, biblical things lately. And people have come up later and said something to me about it, not in a really critical way, but it's kind of made me think about, okay, you know, maybe, maybe some other people take what I was doing a little bit more seriously. Well, actually, that's not quite true. It's not taking what I do seriously or taking myself seriously is understanding that other people take what I do or say seriously. They believe what I say um, or they're listening. And so it's made me have to learn to think about what I'm saying uh, to people and to be more clear about it and not just gloss over things because it's easy for me to be really to be flip and to make jokes about things. And I forget that other people are learning and other people are very serious about uh, spirituality and they need to be taken seriously. And so that's been a learning uh, process for me. And it's not that I don't take any of it seriously. It's just that I think that there's so much joy and light and love and spirituality that I have fun with it. But of course, not everybody understands that. And so I'm learning to be more clear. I'm learning to 
think about what I'm saying and the enormity of what I am saying. Again, let's go back to breaking a vertebrae, breaking an entire back. Look at the, the difference in size, the difference in drama, the difference in impact, the difference of if someone's going to be working on, you know, praying for healing, um, that's, they're different. In one respect, they're not different at all, because you can heal one thing, you can heal the whole thing. But our human conscious minds always sees limitation. I can only do this much. I can only handle this much. And that's by rights. I mean, we're in a physical world. So in a way, there are some limitations in terms of what we can imagine and at one time. It doesn't mean we don't practice to expand our consciousness, but, you know, we can get overwhelmed. We live in a very distracting world to begin with, and then if we have a challenge and we make it bigger by talking about it in a way that expands it even bigger, then we just give ourselves a bigger challenge. I think the point I'm trying to make is the way we talk about these things affect our affirmation work, affect how we approach something, affect how we feel about something. If I had thought that my entire, my husband's entire back was broken, I'm not sure I could have, I don't know what the, what I would have done with that. That would have been so hard for me to cope with. But when I knew it was one vertebrae and I knew, I just knew one vertebrae could heal. And I, and I knew one vertebrae could heal quickly and i was that that kept me going that kept me in the right place that kept helped me help him because we didn't look at it as like this huge disaster of the entire structure going away because every word we say remember is an affirmation of some sort whatever we say we are accepting whatever we say we are bringing into our lives and so we need to be clear on what we are saying we need to be clear on what other people are telling us. And one of the ways to do that is to w do this thing of whatever they're telling you, if you're, especially if you find your mind going off into this wild chase of, oh my God, this is horrible and awful. I think doing wait, what is a really good way to stop and think about what's being said, think about what you're hearing, think about what you're doing with what you're hearing, and then ask the other person more questions about what they're saying. It's not that you're questioning the validity of, the validity of what they are saying. What you're asking them, is this, is this what you really mean? Is this what you are saying? And you can do that in a way that doesn't... Um, put them on the defensive. Well, maybe someone might get defensive when you start to ask, but all you have to say is, I really want to understand what you're saying so that we're on the same page with this, because this is what I'm hearing, and is this correct, or is there more to it? Is there less to it? Am I making it a bigger deal than perhaps it was? Because, remember, we are storytellers. That's what we do is we tell stories all day long. Just my sitting here recording a podcast is a story. I'm telling you a story. You're making up stories in your heads as you listen to me talk. We are all about story and we need, haha, to get our stories straight. We need to understand what another person is saying. I know how many times have you, have you, you said to somebody, uh, could you please go do blah, blah, and they come back and they do something slightly different, and then you say, but I wanted this, and they said, oh yeah, but I thought you meant this. 
And that was probably because the exchange was so, um, so quick that people made assumptions on both sides. Maybe this all comes down to the fact, and I do think it's a fact, that we all pretty much think we know what we're doing most of the time. And we kind of don't because we're not thinking about it. We're not going within and looking at what we're doing. We're not doing that thing that I'm always saying about stop, look around, listen to what's going on, consider the situation, consider what you're hearing, and consider if what you're hearing is matching with what you're thinking. And she should especially do this if it's not making sense to you or if you're feeling resistant to it, because one of the things that we do to ourselves in when we're on this particular spiritual path is we look at resistance as a bad thing. It's like, well, I'm resisting this, I must be wrong, is what we do. And just because you're resisting something doesn't mean that you're wrong. It might be because it's making you feel uncomfortable, and maybe it's not good for you. It might be because you're resisting it because it's asking you to change. And it might be that you're resisting it just because it's such a foreign idea, some idea that you've never had before. Resistance in itself is not a bad thing. It's, it's a message. It says, look at, you know, stop and look at to me, do this, wait, what? And see what comes out of, of that examination. It gives you time when you're saying, okay, everybody wait. I need to know what this is. I need to examine it. I need to think about it a little bit more. And when you do that, you are honoring yourself. You are honoring your spirit because when you have that resistance, when you have that, oops, I need to stop and think about this. Again, it's a message and it's worth listening to. You know, when I was in high school in English class, there were a couple of students who would ask the screwiest questions. And I would sit there and I would listen to the questions and the questions wouldn't make any sense to me. And I really questioned my own intelligence at that point because um, I was no dummy, but they would ask these questions and I didn't, I really didn't understand the questions. And it was years and years and years later when I realized that these two particular students were under enormous pressure from their parents to get straight A's. And so they came into class and just asked questions that they thought sounded intelligent and and they did. They made no sense. And it took me a lot of years to get um, to get myself, let myself off the hook for not understanding what they were talking about. And I bring this up is because I judged myself because I didn't understand what someone else was, was doing. And I realized later, of course, that they had a, an ulterior motive that had nothing to do with learning anything as far as I could tell. But I judged myself because I didn't understand or I was resistant or whatever was going on with me. And so I, get, I encourage you to listen, pay attention and when something comes up that, that niggles you in some way, whether it's someone making this general statement of, you know, um, you shouldn't ever do this, well, okay, is it should never do any of this or only parts of it you should never do? 
or there are parts of it that you can do, but do a different way. And there's so much in that, that when we have these big generalizations, um, there's, there's so much information lost. And it's the same with talking about something that has happened, some incident that has happened. You know, you can say, blah, 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 happened, and oh my God, or, and then you can say, well, gosh, there must be more to it than that. Could you give me some details? And yes, you could get into painful details. We don't want to go that far. But clarity is your friend. And we deserve clarity. And we deserve to honor ourselves and our souls by knowing, having a better, a clearer idea of what it is that's going on in our world and in our lives and uh, how our interactions and, and clarity in our relationships with other people, clarity about what's expected of us, clarity about what we expect of other people. Clarity is a spiritual discipline, I think, in a way. Being, because, because to have clarity, you must stop, you must listen, you must consider, you must go within to check in with yourself to see where you are with it, to see if it works for you, to see if you are staying true to your own inner self. Moving from assumptions to clarity really only takes a few steps if you're paying attention. And when you, because when you feel unsettled about some conversation you've had or some, you know, something that's going on in your life, if you feel unsettled on that level, you feel unsettled within. And when you feel unsettled within, then you are not working at your highest spiritual best, right? And we, of course, we all have these days and times, and this is all a process. It's always a process. None of us are ever going to get it perfect. And probably I'm glad for that because life would be pretty boring if we all had it, had it down. So I hereby proclaim that, wait, what is a spiritual affirmation? It's a spiritual discipline to help you stop to help you get clarity, to help you understand what another person is saying, to help you say what you mean as opposed to what you think you mean. Well, that's a whole other conversation, right? But to say what you mean, to make sure that the other person gets your meaning, and then the, the opposite as well is just like, well, okay, you said this, this is what I'm hearing, what did you really mean? Clarity is your friend. Clarity is what will take you so far in leading a, a mutually material spiritual life where you, you walk through this world knowing and being the highest and best person that you can be in any one moment. That's what it's all about. I wish you a clear, meaningful week. Thank you for listening today. Discovering Spirit Within is produced by Spiritual Life Center. If you enjoyed our discussion and feel inspired to support us, you can go to slcworld.org forward slash donate. And now until we meet again, deep peace of the running wave to you, deep peace of the flowing air to you, deep peace of the quiet earth to you, deep peace of the shining stars to you, deep peace of the son and daughter of peace to you, and may the joys of the world go with you.